Good evening. I don't know about you, but this Christmas, a really common phrase I've been hearing is, this wasn't the Christmas we were hoping for. It's a disappointment for so many who were hoping all the restrictions would have been lifted by now and a vaccine in place and that life would maybe back to normal. And it's not just Christmas, is it? 2020 as a whole was not what we were hoping for. Let's face it, it has been tough. We've struggled as a country economically. Businesses, both small and huge, have gone into administration. And emotionally, well, mental health implications of this season are huge. Physically as well, the number of people who've sadly died or live with long-term COVID, or like myself, have developed the COVID tummy, as I'm calling it, are growing by the thousands. And of course, relationally, Families have been under tremendous strain during this period. For myself, the grief I experienced at saying goodbye to my children's teachers back in March was awful. With that certain knowledge in the pit of my stomach that it wouldn't be a few weeks, that nothing was going to be the same, including church, for quite some time. And daily activities seemed so much harder, trying to communicate, learn to record for church, like tonight, and remember to order the shopping on time, and of course, teaching my children, as well as the isolation from my wider family and friends. That long first COVID lockdown was full of fear and loneliness, and people only leaving their houses like for an hour a day and crossing the road in case they came into contact with any other human beings. And then out of lockdown to masks and perspex dividers, washing our hands 20 times a day, and now this. It seems like it's been a long and frustrating wait for freedom. This wasn't what we hoped for. Perhaps you can identify with some of the things I've mentioned so far. How strange has this year been for you, or disappointing or difficult? Perhaps for you the hardest thing's been the isolation you felt, feeling alone or cut off or even a prisoner in your own home. Separate from friends and family and school colleagues and teams has been hard. We're made for relationship. Perhaps the hardest thing for you has been feeling out of control, not able to fix this or plan or organise things in advance, having to learn new ways of working and communicating, sometimes so fast that you felt totally out of your depth or even drowning. I know that's been the case for me. So what keeps us going? What helps us continue to thrive and not just survive in seasons like this? Well, the good thing is we're not the first people to experience being out of control or frustrated by change. The Bible has many examples and words of advice on how to keep going. One thing I know helps me is the people I'm with. Who you experience those ups and downs with makes a huge difference. For example, if you're in a business that's positive and caring with lovely staff and you experience economic strains you'll handle it very differently to a business where you're part of that's uncaring or negative. At Christmas, we're reminded of something that helps us during difficult, changing and lonely times. It is that we know God cares about our situation because he came to be with us. God might not come and change our situation or remove obstacles or find a way through it. But more than anything... 
He is wanting to be with us. And I know for me, that makes a massive difference to my life. This evening, we've been singing about joy because it reminds us that God came to be with us. The verses we just read now are really important from Matthew's account of Jesus's birth. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Jesus' time, people faced restrictions far greater than our own. They felt controlled by something just like us that they couldn't get out of or change easily. Jesus' nation were effectively prisoners of the Roman Empire. The empire had swept across Europe and into the Middle East and many countries had lost thousands of loved ones and were forced to live under the rule of the emperor. Palestine, where Jesus was born, was part of that empire, a deeply religious group of people built around the idea that God was with them. And in that time, they must have wrestled, where is God? When will God come? What will he do? How will he change all this? And in this environment of frustration and prayers for change, God sent not only a messenger, but himself. When we're struggling with life, the Christmas account can remind us that God does care and we can know this because Jesus came. And they shall give him the name Emmanuel, God with us. Just before this verse, we read, all this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. From the beginning chapters of the Bible to the very last page, we've seen signposts that point towards the day when God's king will come. Like signs that keep us diverting around Southampton when roads are shut, God placed signs throughout his word, promises that he would come and be with his people, bringing a time of peace, freedom and joy. And so the people in Jesus' time were waiting for this king to come. Jesus, we're told in the opening verses of Matthew's gospel, is the king. It says, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, which means king. They were trusting, waiting, praying for things to be put right in their nation. Restoration, peace, abundance. The Messiah, however, was not who they expected. He didn't come as a military leader. He wasn't born in position or influence. He didn't hold a political office or religious post. No, he was born in poverty in the humblest of circumstances. I wonder how often we're confused when Jesus doesn't come how we expect him to. He doesn't come to sort out our situation. He doesn't get rid of COVID. But he seems to have something else he wants to do. When Jesus came, his focus wasn't on freedom from the Romans, but freedom from sin and its effects. The Bible tells us that sin is the real hold on us and the world. We can sometimes think of sin as something a bit naughty, like a cream cake or something I've been eating way too much of in lockdown. But the Bible uses it to mean something that God thinks is wrong. We can think of things that we think are wrong, such as murder or abuse or human trafficking. And all these things are very wrong and they are evil. 
Sin, though, is more than just extremes. Sin hurts ourselves, others and God. It's the opposite of love your neighbour. And it can come in many forms. A work colleague that's nasty, um, someone keying your car, someone laughing at you behind your back, a company that won't take back a faulty product and just dismisses you, or a neighbour who can te- completely parks across your drive every day and drives you crazy. You know, they might seem like nothing compared with murder and trafficking, and you're right. But they point to the uncomfortable feeling that something is very wrong. A former president of the Czech Republic, who was imprisoned for his political beliefs, put it like this. He said, evil runs through each human heart. And Jesus put it like this. For from within, out of the heart of man comes evil. Deep down, we know that along with the amazing things that human beings are capable of, they're also capable of immense pain. We may want God to take away that pain, remove the wrong from the world. But if we're honest, we know that if he did that, he'd have to remove us too. It's like that old joke that says, if you find something perfect, don't join it or you'll ruin it. God, though, doesn't want to remove us. He wants to be with us. There's a great story on one of the Alpha videos that illustrates this point perfectly. A young guy tells a story about how when he was growing up, he worked out that he could steal things without being caught, or so he thought. One day he got home from the cinema to find his parents waiting for him. It turned out that they'd found out that he'd stolen money from them. Faced with this, the young guy fled to his bedroom and took all his furniture and barricaded the door. And then he sat down full of shame and fear and guilt. And after a while, his dad came up and tapped on the door and said, I need you to know that me and your mum love you. We're just confused because we don't know what we haven't done for you. And then he said, I would love it if you open the door because I really want to give you a hug right now. Jesus wants to be with us, despite anything we may have done or the situation we're in or the mess we're in or the mess we've made. Jesus's response is like this dad. He stands at the door of our lives and says, will you let me in? I want to hug you. Will you let me be with you? At Christmas, it's joyful because we're reminded that God hasn't abandoned us. He longs to know us, to be with us personally, not distant, not far away, but intimately. He's waiting for you to ask him in. So next time you feel frustrated or depressed or wronged or shamed or trapped or even alone, why not offer the ancient words of the Christian church? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that the Christmas story reminds us that you are with us. You have never abandoned us, even for a second. And that you long to be close to us. Jesus, we know that we get things wrong. Please forgive us. And Jesus, come now, be with us.
Come, Lord Jesus. Come.